This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook, and I sat down with the MVP of pro lacrosse, Rob Pinnell, and he taught me some great lessons about, one, how to deal with your parents, two, how going from not even being recruited and giving a scholarship to college to being the greatest lacrosse player in the world, and then finally, how to deal with struggles, which is always something to learn from someone so successful. Join me and Rob this week for all of that and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. CEO of Sports One Marketing with Entrepreneur The Playbook. And as everyone knows, I don't believe in attacking thoughts but I believe in the attack, and this is one key attack. This is Rob Pinnell, USA Lacrosse. Also, I found out, good friend of my partner in my coaching business, Colleen Malloy, and another dear friend we share is the great Paul Rabel. Yes. Teammate of yours. Yes, teammate for a few years. Great guy. You know, it's interesting because I'll, I'll use Paul. You know, Paul's had an extraordinary career, really has been one of the innovators of making lacrosse Sure. Uh, a profession and building a league that can be monetized and, you know, the first kind of million dollar player in my mind. But when you look at Paul, you're like, that guy could be, you know, a professional athlete. Yeah. He's built like it. He runs like it. Uh, you know, he's chiseled like it. Yeah. You know, you and I have more in common. <laughs> you know, you could walk the streets and someone say he's good looking enough to be a model. <laughs> But I'm not thinking that, you know, professional athletes is in, in the cards at 5'9", maybe? Yeah, on a good day. Yeah, and so, like me, you probably grew up and no one was, uh, you know, from the time you were born telling you, hey, don't worry, you'll be a professional athlete, you'll be representing your country, playing in college on a scholarship, all the great things that you can do. Where did you start your inspiration of, I can do whatever I believe I can do, no matter how big I am or small I am or tough I am? I think it was a lot of the values that my parents instilled in me and um, regardless of not having success or having success, they kept me grounded and whether it was having success and my dad bringing me back a little bit and letting me know what I can do better or it was not having success and them urging me to continue to pursue my passion and pursue what I want to do and who I want to be in life. And at a young age, it was falling in love with the sport of lacrosse and wanting to play college lacrosse. And it was a long journey to get there, but my parents never left my side. They never said, maybe it's not for you. They never said, we're not gonna support you anymore. You know, let's take this route. They, they were there and they continued to push me. And uh, you know, now I am where I am today. How much does it mean? You know, a lot of people don't have parents like you, right? They're yeah, absolutely. Pa- parents sometimes and, and those most Close to us, I have a saying that, you know, just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. Sure. Um, how many times is that the catalyst to keep you going? Because I'm sure as you got to the, the lower times, you felt, and I felt this way, even though my mom uh, didn't want me to play football in college, like she drove me everywhere. She sacrificed a single mom so yeah. much for me to be able to play that when I didn't believe in myself, I was like, oh. I'm not gonna let her down. Sure. Did you ever feel that at all? Or? Yeah, I think I felt it on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is a great athlete, and he played football and baseball at Brown. 
And I guess he just always wanted me to be successful and wanted me to be a great athlete as well. So in a way, I didn't want to let him down and let his aspirations down, his dreams down of his son playing college lacrosse and of playing sports at the highest level. So for me, when I was younger, middle school into high school and even college, it was all about wanting to satisfy my dad and make him happy and I guess just get his approval of me as an athlete. And you feel like you got the approval? I think I did. I think I finally got it with the gold medal uh, nice. a, a week or two ago. No, awesome. <laughs> um, it, it was a while. It took a while because he was very tough on me as an athlete. It was, you know, like I said, it was a lot what you could do better, not what you had done well. So he kept me grounded a lot of the time. Um, and his approval and you know, him saying great game meant a lot. And, you know, that was more my mom's side was she'll, she'll send me the messages of we're so proud of you. And you don't know how, you know, one day you look back on this and, and whatnot and all that good stuff. That doesn't really come from my dad that often. But every now and then he'll get a little emotional with me and, and I'll know that uh, he's proud of me. Yeah. It's amazing how much our parents' approval means to us. I uh, was with Reggie Bush and he had different motivation from his dad, right? He wanted to prove he was better than his father. He was never going to get his father's approval until later on in life he became friends. But his dad was like more my dad, you know, not the greatest dad in the world. And he just wanted to prove that he, he was better. Why do you think that approval is so important? And it continues to be. I'm 50 years old. Yeah. And there's several things I do. My dad passed away last year. And I remember going, man, he, he never said he was proud of me. I did all this cool stuff. Yeah. Right. And the only thing I get choked up about was still like, you know, we, we became friends, whatever. But all the things he would tell, it was almost like he would instigate me, tell my children how proud, you know, his grandchildren. Yeah. They could do like, you know, take their <laughs> first step. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm so proud. I'm an eight year old. Right. And I'm still 50 uh, years old. I get choked up thinking about it. Where is it in us, do you think, in that conscious, subconscious, unconscious, anything? I love asking best in the world type of people who still need approval of their yeah, parents. It's funny. Because I feel the same. Why, why do you think you feel that way, too? I think he's the person that we grow up around most and, um, you know, the person that gave us this, this life on Earth. So um, as as for me, he was the one that was by my side with sports from a young age. So I guess he was kind of my first influence in sports. So it always goes back to him. And uh, I'm the same way. I have two, I have a niece and a nephew now. And I'm like, wait, is that the same dad? Like, right, is that right, how fair. funny and it's smiley fair, he is right? with them? I'm like, wait, what's going on here? It was, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and it, it's. But you have your own, it'll be worse. I know, <laughs> but he's, you know, he's, he's the best. And I think our relationship's in a great spot now. But I think it's just because of, um, you see growing up how he could maybe good, could get disappointed. And you don't want that to happen because He's your, he's your father, and, and I love him, and uh, he's the you know, huge reason why I am where I am today. So. so if you have a son, number one, do you care what sport they play? I don't. Two, how would, what different things would you do than your – no discount yeah. to your father because obviously he's done a tremendous job, right? And nobody's perfect, especially sure. at that job when you – I'm a parent, so I know there is no perfect parent. Yep. But I always think about what am I going to do different? What would you do different? Yeah, I get asked it a lot because a lot of time when I do stuff, it, people ask me about my parents and my father, and he comes up a lot with his influence on me. And I always say, well, I would never be like my dad. But at the same time, I think about that, and I think 
well, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you today if my dad wasn't the way he was. So I think there's a happy medium to where um, you, know, you don't have to be too negative or um, you know, put too much stress on a child, but you can be, you know, find that happy medium in between. I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that I can find that if I'm lucky enough to have yeah. kids one day. But you never know. You know, I, I, my mom says I'm get more and more like my father every day. That's, so yeah, I oh. could very well do exactly. My mom says that when she's mad at me. <laughs> That's good. So. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I tell people as I've gotten older, there's some things I can't explain to anyone. It, it wouldn't matter if I told them. You know, one is what it's like to be married. Two, what it's like to have children. And now that I'm 50, what it's like to start getting old. You know, my father told me, my mom's told me, people have, you know, I have a brother, a rabbi, that's told me all this yeah. stuff. But you, even if they tell you the right things that are for you, it's just impossible to tell someone what it's like. And sure. my biggest fear as a parent uh, is that I grew up with nothing and it made me who I am. And great mom, but, you know, and so now I have four children that lack nothing. And I wonder, am I, you know, can I put a fire in their belly like I have where there's no, because you have that fire. Yep. I've watched you play, I've done due diligence, favorite song, all the things <laughs> I learned about you, but like you have a fire inside of you. Paul has a fire, yep. right? It's, it's, it's the best thing that you can have, which I want to know, you know, you're not going to play lacrosse forever. And one thing I love about Paul Rabel, you have a podcast, he has a brand. Yep. There's a business to start transitioning to, you know, every great athlete like yourself lives two deaths. Yep. The day you stop playing, and then the big death. Yeah. Uh, how are you going to utilize all that fire in the business world? Or is that even an aspiration of yours? No, it definitely is. And I think that's just, I think I am wired the way that I'm wired. And whether it's lacrosse or whether it's whatever I'm going to pursue next, um, I really only know how to do it one way. And that's just to the best of my ability and kind of never really being satisfied with where I'm at with anything, just always striving to improve, always looking to learn, always trying to be the best at whatever it is, you know, whether it was lacrosse and now I'm very into fitness. So it's kind of, you know, I've changed my whole world in, in that and my whole body has changed because I committed to that, you know, as much as I used to commit to lacrosse. And, um, and now I think as I'm getting older, it's going to be more into the business side of things, but I love to stay busy you know, as you do, always yeah. all over the place. So <laughs> it's, you know, we want to be busy because we love to do things and we love to um, be successful and provide value to people and whatever it is, just use our attributes for, you know, the better, you know, for people. And um, I think when the cross is all said and done, I'll have to use my energy and uh, my passion to, to be the best at what I'm doing in something else. And I think I will. Yeah, we've already started. You have a great podcast, The Four. Uh, very which, new. Yeah, Thank you. Well, yeah. I, I want to go on. Yeah, it. I want you to yeah, you'll be on. You'll reverse the You love my partner Brian. He's great. So very cool. Yeah. Well, you know, through that though, you talked about providing value. Yep. And one of the best things about winning a gold medal and gaining success is that you now inherit a responsibility. And to me, the responsibility is how much of that can you get back, right? You yep. you have an enormous amount of power. And the ones who escalate and accelerate and expand that power are the ones who figure out, I can't give what I don't have. And so you can continue to work hard and pursue what you want. Sure. But how do you plan on using you know, this great platform that you have, this power to help other people? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I try and do is kind of my story to younger I'm in the lacrosse world, so everything always goes back to lacrosse. Yeah, of course. And I, every day, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube, 
kids are always asking me, how can I get better? You know, I'm not being recruited. What do I need to do differently? And I think my story is one that a lot of kids can look at and still be motivated and find some light in it that, you know, Rob Pinnell wasn't always the best athlete and the best player, you know, when, even when he was in high school, even when he was a sophomore, junior in high school, like he worked and worked and worked and eventually success came and everything doesn't come easy. You have to earn it. So I think in sharing my story with kids and, and being a resource to them as much as possible to give them some positive energy to, you know, maybe not every kid's going to grow up and be a Rob Pinnell, but they are, they can find some light and they can enjoy lacrosse a little bit more if they know that it's not going to happen right away and that it could take a year or two and that they have to work for it and just kind of sharing that with them and letting them know that, you know, there is a future for them and whether it's in lacrosse or whether it's in life. And I think the biggest thing when I do talk to kids, whether at camps or clinics or online, it's like you have to kind of let this stuff be not just for sports, but for being a better brother, you know, being a brother's son, a friend, whatever it is. And it's all the same stuff. And being a better student, you have to work at it. And, uh, you know, not everyone just yeah, is natural. Your dad Brown, being a better student is always there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both were athletes, so yeah. I don't know if we would have gotten in without sports, but. No, that's awesome. <laughs> Um, I break down this percentage and, I'm, you know, things just come through me. So I thought of this when I'm talking to you. People talk about a combination of why they're successful. One is hard work. Two is luck. Yep. And three is desire. If you were going to look at your success, what percentage would you give to each of those three? Hard work, luck, and desire. I'd definitely give the least to luck. Um, I'd probably say it's 45%. Hard work, 45% desire, and 10% and luck. I mean, I, I work as hard as I do because I desire to be something. So I kind of put those hand in hand. And I don't think when it comes to luck, you know, I was, you know, 5'9", I'm 195 pounds because of hard work. You know, I was, I was not always that way. So, um, and I'm that because of the desire to be that. And I think the luck... Uh, certainly comes into play. You know, I just won a gold medal, and certainly was some luck into that. That's so, awesome. um, but I think it was it's the hard work and the desire. And then, you know, I, I like to think uh, one of my favorite quotes is, "The harder I work, the luckier I get." Yeah, I love that. Um, taking all that in consideration, what's the biggest challenge you faced in your life? <sighs> yeah. Um, I want to say it was senior year of high school. I uh, wasn't that highly recruited, and I went. Yeah, you know, everyone knows that, so I don't even want to go there. <laughs> you know, it's like I wasn't recruited, so I took a PG year, and it was there was a lot of uncertainty. Right, it was very stressful. Um, I ended up going to Deerfield Academy in Massachusetts for a year, and while I was there, I was there to play lacrosse in college, and I wasn't getting recruited. So I was like, why am I here? Um, so that was, a, it was a very tough challenge, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of emotions, you know, crying to my mom on the phone, what am I doing here? Just graduated high school, I'm out of prep school. Right. Um, I'd say that, and then, you know, I think in the past few years, it was a lot about me deciding what I want to do in life. I played lacrosse, I played professional lacrosse for two or three years, and uh, in the off season, it's slow, and you have a lot of free time, and. I wasn't really making the best use of my time, so I was considering t pursuing a full-time career in something else, whether it was Wall Street or real estate. Um, 
and I really had to like dig deep and think about what I wanted to do in life. And that's when I kind of went all in on lacrosse and, you know, now I have the podcast and I'm in the fitness scene and YouTube channel. And, uh, and I got my right hand man, Owen with me, who's who follows me around and gets content. So I really kind of went all in there too, but that was like a, a tough time as well, because you doubt yourself a lot and kind of, what do you want to do? You think about, I spent my whole life trying to be this lacrosse player and now I'm going to just give it up like that. Should I, should I not? So, um, a lot of uncertainty there as well. What do you think you learned most about, you know, when you weren't being recruited at the prep school, what was the big lesson that you learned and abused? I think it was just to, to use, the biggest thing was to, to not keep it to yourself and to use the people around you to help solve your problem and even just to voice your concerns too because I think a lot of time when problems go wrong, you know, we're introverts and we keep it to ourselves rather than me talking to my mom or talking to my friends. And I think that happening at prep school prepared me for things that happened later in, in life when things were going wrong. Like, don't just keep it in, keep it, you know, talk to people about it and have your best friends or your family be a resource, your coaches, whatever it is. And, you know, had I not, had I kept in the recruiting problems, I probably wouldn't have went to Cornell because Two of my friends at Deerfield ended up going on their official visit to Cornell and they mentioned to the coach that they had a kid that wasn't getting recruited and he had nowhere to go. And sure enough, I ended up at Cornell. So, yeah, isn't that amazing? You know, um, looking at everything that you do, what what would you like your legacy to be? I know you're still young and yeah. creating that, but what legacy would you like to leave? I think what we talked about is, is kind of just the recruiting in sports is is tough and it's challenging for kids to not really uh to it's it's a struggle for kids to realize in high school that they may not be able to achieve their dreams and it's it's yeah it's tough so i think to kind of in the lacrosse world be that example for kids to be able to look to if they aren't necessarily going on the path where they think they should be or being recruited by the schools they think they, they should be, but to continue to work at it. And I think if they're continuing to work at it, they're gonna better themselves, they're gonna become a better person. And if it doesn't work out in the end, if they don't play college across at the highest level, but they learn things along the way and they learn you know, how to be a, a great worker and um, how to really be passionate about something and, and give your all for something, then they'll be a better off person because of it. And I think I would love to be that example in the lacrosse world of someone who almost didn't play college across to someone that ended up, you know, playing at the highest level. Yeah, and guys like you were an inspiration to me when I went to college because, you know, I dreamed of playing college football and I was pretty much an average Division three football player who played for a great team and still to this day learn more through the four years in college of being an average Division three yeah. football player that if people would ask me, you know, what's the one lesson, where'd you learn to do all these things you know, because it took so much for me to be an average Division three football player that everything else, you know, to building a brand, all this stuff that you're doing, it just seems easy yeah. compared to what you had to do to sure. go to Cornell and to be on the USA team and to be, a, you know, a, a real star in everything that you do. All of those lessons are learned. So I think that's a great legacy, which, you know, I've been blessed by mentors uh, like you, you know, people that, most people would know who they are 
that you know those yep. dreams of you know hey I just stuck to it and I love the fact that you're vulnerable enough to be radically humbled to say hey I'm having this problem and once again when you ask the universe and you let it go it responds sure. in the weirdest ways yep. <laughs> right somebody mentioned something that's how I yeah. got my job at Lee Steinberg right yeah some guy just asked me hey can you help represent me for this show and I got to meet him and I just I don't even know what I mentioned to him but he keyed into like I was starting a job that I didn't want and he Jeff Moran had this CEO meanwhile like I just somehow backed into being you know eventually the CEO of the most notable sports agency because I was humble yeah. you know and honest so you're definitely humble honest I'd be Thank honored you. to be on the four make sure you catch the podcast we will get you on a lot the of four. great content I love you got your own D-Rock and your own Justin <laughs> we it's talk the key about D-Rock a lot <laughs> yeah we you know we, we get trained over there yeah and, no yeah we were over there yesterday show. so yeah they're awesome weren't awesome. they great well, thank you Amazing. so much. Thank you for having me. Anytime. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneur, The Playbook. Thank you so much for listening to The Playbook. Remember, you can catch us every Tuesday. Download it on your favorite platform. And please leave a review, comments, or even suggestions. I'm happy to hear them. Most importantly, be kind to your future self. Do more good deeds. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time on The Playbook.